slash and cast. Welcome back, fiends, to Handle, a Whiskare presented by the Slash and Guest Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. I am your host, Molly Drunk, and tonight we are continuing our uh, look at foreign originals versus their American counterparts. And uh, looking forward to tonight because this is a very rare occurrence uh, where when it comes to the original... You and I had not seen it, Uh, and as you had just mentioned, you hadn't even seen the remake either, so probably going to be the only time this is going to happen, probably on the podcast, to be honest, because it's just like we've, we've, uh, we've been around the block, we've seen so many things out there, but this was one I really wanted to dive into, just because, like, I remembered bits and pieces of the remake, but when I found out it was a remake, I was like, wait a minute, holy shit. I need to go see the other one to see, uh, you know, what the deal is, how much was changed, is it shot by shot, what's your deal here, but we're gonna get into that here in just a second. So joining me tonight to talk about 13 Beloved and 13 Sins is my co-host, Grindhouse Zombie, and Zombie, I'm excited for this one because, you know, there's a a very specific, like, uh, subgenre of horror, which is kind of like game show-esque, we got, like, uh, Death Game- style movies out there uh so you know we have our contestants we have a series of challenges uh 13 total across the board and uh you know morality definitely comes into play and we all know how money can corrupt people so uh it's a good test of one what are you actually willing to endure uh two how much are you willing to kind of like humiliate yourself in the process and uh at one point to do you just say, all right, I'm uh, I'm drawing a line at this point while also trying to evade the cops because all of that comes into play in both of these movies and so much more. Boy, man. Um, so you're right. I had never seen either one of these movies. I didn't even know they existed. Um, and as we sort of teased from last episode, um, the original is in a lot of ways damn near a masterpiece it is a great film um and i sort of said last time that i was going into the remake assuming it was going to suck ass um uh, for me personally um and actually my wife came down here and watched it with me and we both walked away going well wow that was uh for us that was that, that was pretty good and it was a powerful story um though again and as we've talked many times with these uh original versus remake in a lot of ways and especially in overall tone substantially different um definitely some story pivot points that are substantially different um 
but both though both really good films and it's i'm caught in that conundrum of like which one do i like more and this is this is one of those ones where to be perfectly honest i'm not sure okay so i'm i'm hoping this conversation will make the cream rise to the top that's what i'm Mm -hmm. hoping yeah, absolutely. So uh, just as a reminder, guys, if you're wanting to keep up to date with everything going on with Handle with Scare, you can follow us over on X at Handle with Scare. And of course, we are doing our uh, movie watch parties for Twisted Tuesday over on Kick every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. And that's at kick.com forward slash Trimbley Drunk. All right. So we have uh, 13 Beloved, also known as 13 Game of Death. This is a Thai movie that was released in 2006. Uh, the American remake 13 Sins came out in 2014. So right out of the gate, that's important to note because, you know, for a lot of these uh, Americanized remakes, uh, they were always quickfire. You know, it would you'd have the original coming out. And then usually within like a year or two is when we would get an American version coming out. So uh, pretty, pretty big gap in comparison to a lot of the other remakes that we have seen uh, here. Now, both versions of the movie do share that similar backstory. We basically have a man who is uh, pretty down on luck, essentially, uh, who receives this mysterious phone call from someone, you know, whoever it may be, uh, who promises money if it goes through a number of different challenges. Now, as you would expect, much like in the game show, uh, progressively, they get harder, but in this case, you know, more degrading, uh, more embarrassing, uh, more so, like, I would say in the original with what what the uh, contestant is actually going through in this case, uh, but basically... You know, obviously, the further you make it in, the more money you are going to get wired into your bank account. Now, as you mentioned, the execution here does tend to differ quite a bit between the Thai original and the U.S. version. You have the Thai movie, which is labeled as a horror comedy. And you can definitely see that coming into play in a couple of the scenes. Uh because it does rely on comic relief. I think the American version, you know, they definitely did things that kind of, like, leaned into more of, like, a thriller-type route. Uh, You know, we kind of, like, have, like, uh, a conspiracy theory-type subplot that's going on. We have other people who are also playing the game that gets kind of, like, introduced kind of, like, halfway into the movie. Uh, But, you know, there's also that other side where it's like, okay, you know... Sure, we're not going to tug at the heartstrings as much as the original, but we want to be kind of like more in your face. Uh, So they were a little bit more aggressive and gruesome in some of the challenges in the U.S. version of the movie, which comes into play during some of the challenges. Uh, And, you know, of course, the way the way they went about going at was pretty interesting because like there there are parallels to what happens in the movie between both versions. But the setup is pretty different. Uh, especially when it comes to, like, for example, like, the chair shot is used in both movies, but the way that it's actually implemented is completely different between both of these movies. Well, if you want to be perfectly honest, the movies, I I think I said it earlier, totally they're very different, Mm -hmm. but between the original and the remake, I think one of the biggest differences is the character is in the original is kind of at rock bottom so 
he is fighting more for what could be, whereas the character in the remake is fighting for the right now. He's fighting to give the fiance like the great wedding party and to do all these things and to pay off her credit cards and do whatever else. So that I think is maybe the one place where for me I connected more with it because the the original is more a longing movie. Like I'm longing to have this thing happen. If I get this money, this thing might happen. This girl might like me. I might be able to do all these things where in the remake, he's fighting for what he has right now. And for me, that felt more real. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm going to say this. I hate, I hate the beginning of the remake. I hate it. Um, it was a complete exposition dump. It was dear, American film watcher, you're a fucking moron. So I'm going to give you the basically the entire story or at least set it up just to make sure that you don't get confused and lost. That whole beginning was completely fucking unnecessary. And that just that that whole thing chapped my ass because I've seen too many remakes now where we're assuming that the American film viewer is a moron. And I hate that. And it just I see it more and more and more. And now, can I argue with it? Yeah, I mean, probably the American average American film watcher is a moron. I mean, there's probably some truth to that. But let's not assume it. And let's leave me something to to work out for myself. Whereas they sort of gave you all the bits and pieces and clues right up front. And you can had to sort of work it out for yourself, but it was much easier. Whereas in the original, it was like, this thing is happening, but you really had no idea why. And you had to... You had to sort of figure it out and, you know, by the guy's probably third challenge in the remake, it made that ex that exposition dump at the at the beginning of the movie make perfect sense. Like, OK, you know, there's a reason that the guy would talk about, you know, going out in the woods and, you know, does a rabbit have a problem with shit sticking to its fur? I mean, and I'll admit it was kind of a hilarious and interesting open just the way it started. But it was still just completely unnecessary, and it just – God, it just bugged the shit out of me. You know, I feel like that's only uh, more pronounced in the remake when you add on the fact that there is about like a 28-minute uh, runtime differential between the two versions. You know, there's a lot more cut from the remake as opposed to the original because uh, the original ran close to two hours. U.S. remake was closer towards like 92 minutes, mm-hmm. something yep. like that. Um, which is, you know, the, probably like the average runtime, not so much like nowadays, like everything nowadays is like two hours or, (laughs) or plus, you know, depending on what it is. Uh, but yeah, so the, the main character in these movies is represented pretty differently. Uh, I would say in the original, he's like, his portrayal is a little bit different because I feel like he, he's put in his position because... He's constantly giving away his money to help others around him. In the original, it's more like he's helping his mom. Uh, you know, in the remake, it's more, you know, he's you know, putting up with his brother. Uh, he's dealing with his, his father. And obviously, they don't have the best relationship, and they kind of, like, go into that. Uh, but also, you know, you were talking about, like, the, the wedding reception. Uh, so he's, you know, trying to get everything together to put on, you know, the best possible... Uh, you know, ordeal that he can for his now fiance at this point. Um, but in the original, like we basically have this guy who uh, isn't the best at his job. Like we know he's not a high seller uh, in this company. 
Uh, he is very often like overshadowed by his co-workers. So he kind of has this feeling of being kind of like more unlucky, uh, just kind of like lost and kind of alone. Uh, but, you know, with the remake, you know, obviously he's a little bit better off in the sense that, you know, he seems to have a little bit better of a life. You know, he has a good relationship uh, currently. He's engaged. You know, he has a good relationship with his brother. Uh, but despite that, you know, he also loses his job in this movie. But he does mention, like, yeah, like he was one of the higher earners in the company that he's working with. But really, he's uh, the debts that he's dealing with are primarily from helping others who like depend on him but he just has a lot on his plate so i i understand like the thought process that you have of saying like okay he's like looking for that quick kit so he can get right back on his feet uh because he is looking to provide for really everyone around him in this case now the challenges uh in this this is where i have the problem with the remake primarily <laughs> so I'm just going to outright say it. You know, this. there's supposed to be 13 challenges in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. In the original, well, that is true. In the U.S. remake, nope. We're going to award our contestant bonus points. Why? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Well, no, I think you I think you already said it, though. I think you said it, and it was set up. Uh, for two factors, it was set up an overall runtime, but in the remake, we also had a lot more of, uh, we'll call it extraneous story, mm-hmm. because we because we did have that uh, the conspiracy guy, and we did have the cop that was following him. And mm-hmm. in the original, none of that stuff was there, right. you know. So it was pretty easy to stretch the challenges out. And there were some points. There was definitely a couple of points in the remake where the guy was sort of waiting for the phone to ring mm-hmm. and that uh, like to me it, it it reeked of desperation almost like it almost like they were like why should we film this scene well because he's stressed out and he's waiting for the phone to ring and it's like no you don't you know what if, if you're trying to have a short and run time that's totally fine you don't need to do these little damn things um but still so going taking a little bit of a half step backwards um, with the characters in the movie. Um, and we should decide right now how we're going to pronounce the main character's name because <laughs> fuck <it>. during, <laughs> during our watch, we were calling him fuck it. Um, and in the other one, I believe the guy's name is Elliot. So between fuck it <laughs> and Elliot, um, the whole thing for me between these movies is like, it, they're on completely different paths at this point. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, as much as they're playing the game, they're on completely different paths. Now, fuck it, fuck it comes off honestly like something of a pussy. Like he's just, he's just kind of accepted his fate, and then he's been given his chance. Where it seems like Elliot, Elliot is still sort of semi-positive and still sort of trying. They had that scene with the girlfriend trying to put the tie on him, mm-hmm. and he's like going in and he's thinking he's going to get be promoted, and then he's fired. And it's like he doesn't seem he doesn't seem anywhere near as resigned to his fate as fuck it does, um, which for me watching the two movies it 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 gives me a little something about the character, but then at the same time between fuck it and Elliot, uh, I mean, fuck it has, I mean 
on his side of the fence and what he's trying to support, all he has is a stack of overdue bills. Elliot has a dad who is, you know, seems like he's kind of on his way out. He's got a mentally challenged brother, and he's got a pregnant fiance. So the uh, the jeopardy in the remake feels very real to me. And having watched the original again today, I mean, I get why he's doing what he's doing, but the jeopardy just wasn't there for me this, for the second watch. It just wasn't as palpable as as it was in the remake. So I found that interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting in the sense too that uh, fuck it is definitely more just beaten down by life just in general. <laughs> um, but I I I think for me with the challenges and just the the idea of awarding you skips for lack of a better term in this case, it's just like well you're kind of like defeating the purpose of of the game in itself. So it's like okay, if you're giving someone a free pass in this case, are you too also? given those same opportunities to the other contestants, because the other, like, really big difference between the two versions is, in the original, we don't know anyone else is playing the game until the very end of the Correct. movie, when Correct. the twist comes into play. And, you know, the, the ending of this in the remake is kind of like the other part that I'm just like, I kind of just forget about, really. Um... But it's just like, man, like, okay, so he's this guy's getting a couple of free levels to, you know, get to the next challenge. So the whole time, knowing that there are multiple people playing the game in the remake, and we know that because he runs into other contestants kind of like midway through the movie, I'm just kind of like, well, all right, well, what's happening? Because then we're kind of like put in a position as like, uh, like for our main character is like, oh, shit, like I need to uh, basically be at the front of the race here. You know, so I'm either going to try to disrupt the other contestants, which would basically be breaching the terms of service or the game rules or however you want to, you know, say it. But just having that, like, having the other contestants be so, like, I'm not going to say central, but just being a more present was an interesting choice to me. I, I, I think I would rather just have them focus more on the investigation side of it with, uh, you know, the guy who had played prior. Uh, who, you know, the cops are trying to, like, pin down to, you know, kind of get some answers. But it's it's so weird because, like, part of me uh, with the original is, like, I really appreciate the fact that it played the cards so close to the chest the entire time before laying it all out on a table at the end. Because when it's presented like that, it makes you sit down for a moment and really just think, like, holy shit, like, I can't believe that just happened the way that it did. Whereas in the remake, it's just kind of like, all right, we're just racing to the finish. You know, we got a 92 minute runtime, so let's just get straight to it. So I don't know. It's just two completely different ways of actually going about it. But just the the twist factor between the two is just night and day differential for me, where it's like the original is always going to outshine the remake with the way that it laid everything down. But... You know, I, I don't want it to be so open. And that was really like the main pullback for me, at least with the U.S. version of the movie. I think that's super fair, to be honest. I think it's super, super fair. Um, So I didn't take some of the. And again, with an American version and they they're giving these little giving us like at the beginning of the movie, they gave us a big shovel full of exposition. Mm -hmm. And then through as for the American version, then they gave us these little teaspoon of exposition i never really got the impression that there was another 
player, we'll call it, until a little bit later. So I think you picked it up earlier than I did. Um, but at the same time, the remake did give us a twist at the end, mm-hmm. and I, I'll be honest, I fucking loved the twist. And I'm also disappointed in myself that I didn't see it earlier because they gave you every clue you needed to figure it out. And I did not figure it out. So I was a little bit disappointed in myself. Um, But yeah, for the original, I mean, keeping everything so close, so tight, basically very single character, um, very single purpose, kept the movie, despite its 30 minute more longer runtime, kept it oddly enough, laser focused, like to the, to the very end. Um, but there's something about the remake where, I mean, just, I'm going to say it again. I, I felt the peril more. I felt the jeopardy more. I I felt like, you know, this guy really had, I mean, he had a fiance, he had her parents, he had a, a baby on the way. There was a lot more at risk for Elliot than there was for fuck it. I mean, fuck it was, you know, fuck it was facing planned bankruptcy, whereas, you know, Elliot was facing, you know, the loss of his lady, the loss of his child, I mean, everything. Um, So it, yeah, it still comes off to me that the original really kept me guessing until the end, and it kept me on a rail. And And there are sometimes I really like that in a movie where I am just on a rail and I'm going and I have to just focus. And if I look left too long, I've missed something. Whereas the original, it sort of gave you the whole story and the why up front, and now it's like we just have to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the remake really focused on the getting through it part, whereas the the original was step-by-step, step, but again, laser-focused and just having to do it. Um, still, a lot, of, a, a lot of parallels can be drawn between the two movies. I mean, and most of the most of the great scenes are, are paralleled in the remake. However, there is one <laughs> that I'm surprised for when this movie was made you know, right in the prime of the jackass era and whatever else that the remake didn't touch. Yeah, there there's also one in the remake that they just kind of like brushed over that I really wanted them to like actually show, which is also really early on. OK, so with the challenges, as I said, OK, so in the original, we have our 13 challenges. Uh, Elliot's got, I think, two skips in the remake, from what I remember, uh, where he's awarded two challenges uh so there's not quite as many uh so some of the early challenges are the same uh you know first challenges is to kill a fly uh, which is yep. followed by you having to eat the fly for challenge number two uh we have challenge three which is to uh in the original make three kids cry uh in the remake i think it was only one uh, from what I yeah. remember, which, you know, not like forgetting completely about the remake. You know, I remember when we were watching Twisted Tuesday, I'm like, well, why isn't this? Why isn't fuck it just like going up to a kid and saying that like his parents, his parents don't love him and uh, that they're adopted. That was the route they did in the remake. And I completely <laughs> forgot about that. So when I saw when I was watching the remake earlier, I started busting out laughing like, yes, that was the way to do it. Uh <laughs> 
the man from the orphanage is coming to get you later. Yeah, that was. <laughs> so, they're they're talking about it right now, <laughs> mommy. Oh, that was. That was priceless. Uh, oh, other God. than that, yeah, I'm just gonna go down the list. So challenge four. Yeah. Uh, in the original, it was to beat up a beggar and take all of his money. Uh, in the remake, I don't remember the exact wording that they had, but it was basically like start a fire at the church. It was burn up the nativity scene. Okay. The nativity right. scene that was made by sightless children. Mm -hmm. That was the so a bunch of blind kids made a nativity scene, and his goal was to destroy it. Right, which like, uh, fire. It actually uh, gets out of hand pretty quickly uh, in that uh, in yes. that scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, challenge five in the original was to uh, eat a plate of shit in the Chinese restaurant, uh -huh. and. This is a challenge in the remake that I really wanted them to expand upon because we kind of hear what had happened at the police station. Uh, and basically, Elliot ends up scamming a homeless man by trading uh, the homeless man's clothes for an ostrich. <laughs> now, where yeah. he got an ostrich, I have no fucking idea. But just like the, the thought of that was just so comical to me. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? Like, it felt so completely random. Then I just needed to see it for it to make any sense. But we do get to see the ostrich <laughs> taken into the police station. So like that kind of made up for it. But it was just one of those scenes that it's just like, wait, that was one of the most off the cuff challenges across both versions. Actually, it is the most off the cuff because it's just completely unlike anything else that we have seen uh, throughout all alleged 26 challenges in this case. Uh, Well, yeah, definitely. Um, And... So the ostrich thing, I mean, uh, yeah, I, it, it was one of those, one of those rare times. And, and I'll, I'll admit that when, because he's, he's basically told to follow the homeless guy. Mm -hmm. So he follows the homeless guy. And then the next time you see the homeless guy, he's in the police station and he said, he said he'd, you know, he'd trade me all of my clothes for an ostrich, but that wasn't good enough. So give him a thousand bucks on top of that. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay. But then to your point, where the fuck did you get an ostrich? <laughs> like I, but, and then they strut the ostrich to the PlayStation on a little leash. And it was like, it, it was so fucking surreal. Like, I don't think they bring the ostrich to the police station. I don't, that's not where they bring it. They'd find, they'd have to call up, I mean, the local uh, animal place and go, yeah, do you take ostriches? Mm -hmm. I, cause I don't think that they would do that at all. But I mean, at the same time though, I'll be honest, it was fucking funny. <laughs> it was so I, I'll admit that I sort of like let it pass because mm. it was just so funny. Um, but beyond the ostrich, I mean, there's something about, I think it was the, was it the fifth, the fifth? Let's see. I, I, no, I think it was maybe the sixth challenge. Um, yeah, the sixth challenge where he had to go to, he had to go to the apartment and just take a guy out for a cup of coffee. Seems mm -hmm. like a good deed, whatever else. Yep. Easy and of challenge. course, <laughs> e yeah, easy challenge, except for the guy that he's supposed to take out for a cup of coffee has slit his own wrist and has been dead for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. So uh, he has his, uh, weekend at Bernie's moment. <laughs> um, and the funny part is though, is that as he's getting to the end of this challenge and he's dealing with this dipshit waitress who's just like writing everything out. I'm, I'm guessing she's writing a Morse code or something. She's writing everything so fucking long. It's just ridiculous. He eventually has to steal a cup of coffee from a cop and just 
you know, and as soon as he slams it down, you hear the like he's getting his but then he has this weird interaction with the cop and he's he's talking about all these codes and then like hey you don't want to have to go into a a diversion program and do all these things and it was like that was one of the the, one of the parts of the movie where i was like i'm feeling a little out of this right now like this just (laughs) this is just not fitting with everything else Mm -hmm. but at the same time it, it, it honestly I think it was like the turning point for Elliot where he started to become sort of in charge of himself and sort of like not quite a badass yet. He gets that later, but he starts to sort of become in charge of himself and taking charge of what's happening to him. Um, and if you're in a diner somewhere and you're telling a cop off, I mean, you're, you're starting to get a hold of yourself and starting to put on your big boy pants. So that was kind of that was kind of fun. Yeah, and of course, like, during that entire ordeal, too, uh, he is on the clock. Like, he needs to have a cup of coffee in front of his uh, his corpse friend by four o'clock. And the way that he, like, plays it off, you know, obviously he's he's watching the, the clock on the wall. He's only got, like, ten seconds. You know, he's got four cops in behind him just cramming themselves into one of the booths. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he... Yeah, he sees that so there was... is a a flask out on the table, and that's when he goes into yep. uh, his his whole spiel there. But like with ten seconds left, he just grabs it, plops it down. You see the coffee spilling out, <laughs> and it's like, all right, yeah. phew, sigh of relief. But it was interesting just in the fact that like, okay, we we have a time limit on this challenge. Not not so much any other challenge in uh, in either mm-hmm. of the movies in this case. So it was kind of interesting to actually like have that sort of deadline. Uh, you know, regardless of like what our runtime was. Well, this is, but this is all, this is two things. This is the first time to me that it felt very saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also, this is the first shortcut where they gave him a two for one deal. Right. Um, because one was completing the challenge and then two was escaping the clutches of the police that would inevitably show up at something like that when you drag a dead body into a mm-hmm. diner. So they sort of gave him a shortcut two for one deal. So, eh, I mean, is it, is it is it a little cheap? Yeah, it's a little cheap. But at the same time, honestly, with the acting in that scene and the way that guy played that, I'm completely willing to forgive that because he just just stood up and, and again, it's kind of where he was finding his own. He was find, finally finding his balls, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, I for me, he earned that. He he earned that that double ding, you know, that he got there. So, I was okay with it. Yeah, as soon as the, uh, you know, they're sitting down and you just see the corpse, like, fall over. Mm-hmm. Head smacks onto the table. I was like, oh, no, he's going to draw a crowd at this point. Uh, <laughs> but sure enough, that was not the case. You know, just props him back up. Uh, but really, he just needed a stiff drink. He should have just taken the, the plus from, you know, the, the officers behind him uh, in this case. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, of course, the waitress, you know, riding slow as shit. Also given uh, yeah. Elliot Flack for not wanting to order anything, even though he's, you know, sitting yeah. at the table. So he orders a cheeseburger, yeah. uh, which, you know, he doesn't end up eating. Obviously, he doesn't even pay for anything, too, on top of that. But, uh, you know, well, I guess he does it, at the end. Oh, he oh does that's right. He does. He, he, sends he does pay for it. He, he makes he makes a point of it. He makes a point of paying for it. Yeah, he gets <laughs> a cheeseburger. He gets the cheeseburger with the baked beans. And then at the very end of it, when he's kind of scolding this cop and do whatever else he's like he's putting bills on the table but then of course because he's not the perfect criminal he drops a little something Mm -hmm. in the diner and it's just like 
Oh, and then he gets the phone call, and he's like, open your wallet and take out your library card. And he's like, it's not there. Of course it's not. You <laughs> dropped it in the diner, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, something about that phone call to me, I just sat there and was just like, yeah, dude, you got it. Once you're through this, do something else because crime is not going to be your thing. It mm. just is not. Yeah, oh, and then they're like, beautiful. oh, don't worry. Let's dangle this carrot in front of your face. But if you complete all 13, well, scratch that, all challenges, uh, you know, your record will be wiped clean. So you don't have to worry about it. Just get through the game. Uh, yeah. But get it back we, to you. We can take care of that. Yeah, get it back to the original. Uh, so for challenge six, uh, basically, fuck it has to keep away his cell phone to this mentally unstable man at the bus stop. Uh, and then he needs to take a cell phone from one of the uh, youth gang on the bus. Uh, yeah. And then we get the the corpse retrieval in the original for Challenge 7, which I, I remember when we were watching it, I was like, man, like what 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 is going on? And the way that they did it. Like, between the two versions, you know, the, the original was just more impactful because it's like, you have the family yeah. literally, like, right there the whole time, and they just don't have a care in the world about the old man in this case. Uh, so, Challenge 7 in the original, uh, fuck it has to retrieve this man's corpse from the well inside of this house. Uh, yeah. And this is where the skip comes in uh, with the uh, police evasion uh, from... The weekend at Bernie scheme that was going on uh, with Elliot, yeah. but you know the whole time, you know, you know when we're when we're watching uh, fuck it in the well, you know, I'm just looking at like the sides of it. I'm like, oh, how convenient to like have all these openings. Like, no, that's not how it would be for sure. <laughs> you know, like we didn't really have like the okay, let me uh, tie a rope around uh, you know something in the room in order to uh, be able to prop myself back up. In this case, but of course he does have like some like garden twine <laughs> or whatever, and he's just like wrapping the corpse on his back, and you're just thinking like, all right, how is this actually going to work? So you just have like that slow tension of like the corpse slowly peeling back as he gets further and further up, and you're just waiting for that moment for that twine to snap, and it's just like, you would think right when he gets to the top, he would flip over. Sure enough. That doesn't actually happen. But, like, the whole time, I'm just, like, waiting with bated breath, like, oh, man, here it comes. He's going to be fucked now at this point. But uh, he makes it through, surprisingly. So I, I have to tip my hat in the sense that, like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, there's no way he's going to scale this without this rope snapping at all. And, nope, subverted my expectations in that scene. Well, it, when that whole thing starts, though, and the first thing that he does is, you know, he's trying to, like figure out a plan and then he he breaks the arm off and he's like he just goes whoop and just throws it up and it goes and I'm like what I my thought my in my mind I was like well it's going to be lighter now so that's good that's good <laughs> um yeah and then strapping the corpse to his back and trying to climb the side of that well and I think this is one of the parts I think where I think we show um a strong cultural difference mm -hmm. Because there's, even when the family comes in and they're all horrified and whatever else, there's such deference showed to the corpse. And um, in my head, that's kind of sad that you're showing deference to a corpse versus deference to the guy that fell down the well a couple of days earlier and probably was yelling for help and nobody checked on him. Mm -hmm. um, but um, 
culturally, I think that probably was pretty significant for the whole, you know, dealing with a dead body thing. But I'm sorry, the the well climb with the corpse was a, another one of the moments in the, in, that, in the original that was just funny as hell. Mm-hmm. It was just funny as hell. I mean, it felt it felt pretty pretty slapstick, you know, just the you know the arm going just bad. I mean, just there was so much of it that was just like, well, uh, okay, so we're so we're doing this. We're we're tying, and, and the funniest part maybe it was that. The corpse seemed like it was pretty dried out mm-hmm. and pretty, and it's like, so when was the last time that somebody called Grandpa to check on him? You know, because if I'm looking at this, my guess is it might have been about three months ago. Um, you know, not judging anybody by any stretch of the imagination, because I get it. But at the same time, it's like this dude was pretty well paper mache, and so I mean. If as a grown man you can tie a corpse to your back with garden twine and then crawl up the side of a well, I mean, I, yeah, I, believable, not believable. I mean, honestly, who really, who really cares? It was just the scene was so good, but then at the end, how he manages to kind of just go, oh, yep, yep, sorry, sorry, you're welcome, you're sorry, sorry, and just go out the door, and he's just gone, and it's like there seems to be very little to no repercussions after that. Like, all right, so moving on to Challenge 8. Uh, in the original, uh, Fuckett has to beat his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend with a chair. This all happens at, like, a, a carnival uh, in the original. Uh, mm-hmm. Challenge 8, very different in the remake. Uh, we have kind of, like, this... I'm not going to call it a subplot, but it definitely leads more into... Uh, how much Elliot's kind of been, like, beaten up both by his father and also kind of like his uh, classmates when he was still in school. Uh, so in the remake, we have the scene where, uh, you know, he's in this room. We kind of, like, have, for lack of a better term, a nurse character <laughs> uh, in the room uh, who's, who's all dressed yeah. up. We have another guy who we don't know who he is until uh, we have a little bit of dialogue back and forth. But the challenge is uh, for Elliot to sever this guy's arm off with a bone saw. Uh, and, you know, like the whole time I'm thinking like, OK, I, I, I just like, can't remember this part. Why are we doing this? And, you know, the whole time Elliot's also thinking like, wait, you want me to do this? Oh, you're not going to give him anything. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, well, this is someone who bullied you. So it's like, all right, fuck it. Might as well. <laughs> Well, but see, he didn't even remember that. That right. was the whole thing. He had to be reminded. And um, A, the whole nurse thing seems like it might have been a card out of your deck, just for the record. Just, and, and don't even think for a second that I didn't think of that when I saw uh, it. Like, oh. it's, uh, it's no sick nurse, is, but, uh, you uh, know, okay. it, it was, it's, it's a thing. Okay, fair enough. Um, but at the same time, in the movie, this was the first time that I was getting the impression that there might be another player. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I thought, is that this guy, like, you know, can you imagine? You get a phone call. Oh, hello, and for the next $250,000, convince somebody else to cut your arm off willingly. And you're like, shit, okay. (laughs) I mean, so, I mean, that was the first time that I was like, oh, there's somebody else involved in this game. Mm -hmm. But then it does tie directly into the OG where he beats the shit out of the, the old girlfriend's boyfriend, but then 
takes him to the hospital because his his morals get the better of him. Right. Um, but then to your point about the the workarounds, the cheats, the two for one deals, um, he hears enough about that guy in that little I call it a hotel room, I guess, whatever they were in. Um, when he sees the guy's brother at the hospital, it, I mean, there's no, there's not a ton of dialogue. There's not, he just goes, is like, he's like, yeah, I know, come on over here and we'll talk. And he just wallops that guy with the fucking chair, just mm-hmm. stomps his ass. And that's where he gets the, he gets the two for one. So I don't know if it's, if the challenge was deal with two bullies at the same time or something and you have to get both of them for the, I don't know, but it was, for me, I, I really enjoyed that scene. <laughs> just mm-hmm. sometimes the person that fucked with you in high school, if you could take a chair to the back of their head, why would you not do it? Yeah, it, it's like the bro- the older brother is there to uh, check in on the younger brother because he knows he's at the hospital. So he's like trying to figure out where he is. <laughs> and then you know, just see Elliot like yeah. sternly walking up to him and like, hey, you want to know what happened to your brother? Picks up the chair, wham! <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. He uh, definitely deserved that uh, in this case. But yeah, he does get the, the second skip uh, in this case. So that that's all the skips he gets uh, throughout the entirety of the movie. But it was just like one of those scenes. It's just like, okay, again. So if Elliot is getting like essentially a free pass, what's going on with uh, the other contestants in this case? That's really like my big question at the end of the day. But the chair shot definitely landed full-fledged. Awesome to see. Uh, and I, I love that, you know, despite this being separate challenges in these movies, both of them kind of have like this, a similar payout in this case, because both characters really get their shots in uh, with this particular sequence. Oh, uh, yeah. See, uh, and I don't think it's a freebie. I don't think it's a freebie, though. I think what it is, is the game is designed, honestly, to make you grow a pair and to take charge of your life. And... They probably have a diverging path scenario, right? Where one of two things is going to happen. And if you go this way, they will issue an issue you a new challenge. If you go this way, it's like, and this is where they're hoping you're going to go. Then you've won the challenge. So I don't think it's cheating as much as you do. You really think it's cheating, which is really mind-boggling to me. And I, I just, you know, I love the fact that you can stand up and grow a pair and you can just, you know, kick the shit out of somebody. And it's like... That's what we were hoping you were going to do. So double ding. I love that. Well, for for me, like, I, OK, so another stark difference between the two versions, uh, we kind of have that Wizard of Oz moment in the original where we see the man behind the curtain. We have our little Bond villain with the white cat. Yes. Yep. Who is kind of <laughs> like kind of like the centerpiece of this organization or whatever the hell you want to call it. We don't really have that in the remake. So, like, in the original, I could understand, like, okay, like, this is the brains behind the operation. We have people potentially, uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of surveillance going on. You probably have people who are paying to watch this whole ordeal online, whether it's on dark web or whatever. Uh, not so much the case in the remake. So, it's just, like, you know, obviously, there's something more sinister behind the scenes, but we just don't really know about it. But then they don't really even bother to you know, explain anything on that front. So, like, when I do see the skips happening, I'm just like, well, we don't really know who the brains is, so, like, I I don't understand, like, why we would have so many divergent paths in this case. But I I guess it's more of a case uh, with 
awarding someone a skip is if they attack a challenge and they do something that uh, wasn't asked of them. So they're going above and beyond what the challenge actually was. So then they are giving them the free pass in that case, where it's just like, oh, this was something unexpected. So in regards to like the entertainment value uh, in, in regards to like the game show, then you'll get your bonus points in this case. So it's just a cherry on top for the contestant. Interesting. So I, with the original, I honestly thought because they, because they, they are very, the culture seems to be very game show mm-hmm. savvy. And there's lots of things that happen like that. And I think with Americans in general, well, we have things like who wants to be a millionaire and, you know, the island and the bachelor and whatever else. I don't think we're quite as, uh, I don't know, I, uh, competition savvy maybe as some of the other cultures are only reality competition <laughs> well which survivor is even... <laughs> which we can't even well, really <laughs> well which really isn't even competition it's mm-hmm. just it's just who's the who's the least not idiot okay <laughs> um but so i also think with you know like especially with elliot and i'm going to go back to this because i think it i think it really matters mm-hmm. he is he is constantly struggling between his moral compass and the life that he's built for himself. So in the original, this guy's life is already at fucking rock bottom. He's got nothing. So he's, he's, he's anything he does is, is one rung up on the ladder. Whereas, um, our protagonist in the, in the remake is trying to not fall down a rung. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the big difference to me. And I think that's, uh, well, we'll get we'll we'll get to it at the end, but I think for me that's why watching was way more compelling because as a person, if like if if I'm at rock bottom, the things that I would do to climb up, I think are different than the things that I would do to maintain the status quo. Mm-hmm. I think they're very different. Um, and as much as you know, he might have gotten a couple of free passes and whatever else. I mean, you know, the more I think about it, a little bit, there's a piece of me that agrees with you, but there's a piece of me that's like. T- Stop thinking so hard, man. What the <laughs> fuck? You know? Um, but I mean, as as the challenges escalate, um, and especially after, you know, like he's taking people to the hospital and then he beats the brother's ass, um, that's when we get the, like, this super weird, at least in the remake, like, the rehearsal dinner thing. Mm-hmm. And the rehearsal dinner thing, because I've had, now two of those in my life (laughs) um it is honestly the place where you want to put your absolute best foot forward right and what he's asked to do there like in my mind i was like oh my god i I was horrified Mm -hmm. like i i can't imagine having to do and the funny part is it's really not that he wasn't asked to kill anybody. He wasn't asked to cut somebody's arm off. He wasn't even made to ask a child cry. It was just smash some shit and take a piss in a plant. But now he's at a place where his, like how the world view his views him is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, everything up until now has sort of been cloaked in shadow, right? He's just been doing these things, but nobody really knows who he is. And now he's in a place where it's like, Everyone knows who you are. And now you have to basically 
humiliate yourself. And that's a that's a pretty strong thing, man. That's a pretty strong thing, and I don't know that I would have the intestinal fortitude to to do all that. Yeah, he's definitely front and center uh, at you know at this you know reception because uh, he he is about to give his speech, uh, and even like during uh, his father-in-law's speech, you know, at the reception, he's kind of like zoning out the whole time but but i also love the fact that it's like at this reception like bef before that you know as you mentioned like we we do have some moments in the remake where he's just kind of like you know off to the side staring at his phone just waiting for the next phone call uh in this case but like he's like actually going up to like greet everyone at the reception you know he's kissing all the ladies you know on the hand as he's uh doing this his girlfriend's just wondering like or his fiance's like just wondering like like, who is this guy? Because, like, he's just... His tone completely has shifted at this point in time. He's got, like, a new jacket. So, like, she's wondering, like, okay, like, where well, the hell is this? Um, you know what it is, though? He's got balls now. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. He's got balls. And you can walk into a room and you can be confident and you can be suave. And that, I think, is probably, in, in terms of the game... I mean, it, the money notwithstanding, that's probably the biggest gift that the, that the game gave him, is it gave him some ability to stand up for himself and to walk into a room and just be like, yep, I've got this badass 20 years ago, it was cool with a jacket on, I'm going to be awesome, you know? And he just does it. So, I, yeah. Yeah, so initially he was asked to uh, sing the International. <laughs> <laughs> during this too which uh yeah pretty reluctant about can't imagine why uh actually everyone knows why in this case um, exactly but yeah definitely uh, that's a little bit further ahead because in in the remake i want to say that's like challenge 11 if i'm not mistaken if like we're counting the skips um so getting back to the original uh, we have the hospital scene where Fuckit has to find an old woman and escort her uh, from the building. This is also where the cat and mouse chase comes into play with the mm -hmm. police as they're closing in. We have our uh, makeshift Steven Seagal character <laughs> in yes. this part of the yes. movie, <laughs> which you you're pretty quick to point out, and I, I just I can't stop thinking about that because he definitely has that look about him. And if you guys watch. Uh, 13 game of death you will immediately understand why <laughs> yes yeah the ponytail it's the ponytail that's what it is yep, yep. Ab absolutely uh and of course this kind of transitions into uh helping the woman back at her place stringing up the clothesline uh which just so happens to stretch across the highway uh which is a shared uh challenge uh between the two uh, and I have to say, like, I feel the original was a little bit more subdued with the approach, because obviously we don't really get to see the decapitations happen. They basically do the thing where, you know, we see the, the bikers coming in, and then it focuses on the tension of the wire. So, you know, you do see it, like, wobble yeah. back and forth. But in the remake, like, we get a pretty good shot of it as it's happening, and then it kind of like fixates on the blood on the wire. But we do get to see the first couple of decapitations actually taking place. Um, so, you know, at that point, it's like, OK, like this is kind of like what I would have expected from 
you know, an American version of the movie. We're focusing more yeah. on the actual kills that are taking place rather than just focusing on uh, more of detention uh, in that case. But just the whole concept of having like this, uh, this <laughs> like this clothesline across the entire like roadway, and you're like, oh man, you know, we we basically know how this is gonna play out. And I, I love the fact that in the remake, you know, we have the moment where one of the bikers is like, oh, man, this is like the easiest 100 bucks that I've made. So they do kind of like that cop out, like that fake out moment where you think it's not going to happen. And then they still end up driving down and Elliot, you know, is trying to get in front of the, the clothesline to like warn him about, you know, its presence there. But of course, just like in the original <laughs> they, they completely ignore him drive through and uh yeah heads definitely roll uh in both versions of the movie and uh i i just i i love i really appreciated the fake out moments because it's like okay it's such a small diversion from the original but it was one of those scenes where it's like okay i've already seen the original so i know what's going to happen so to give me that suspension of disbelief uh, at least for a moment, thinking like, oh, like they're going to get get away scot-free is uh, something I wasn't necessarily expecting. So that was a, a good surprise there. Well, so a few things here. Um, the first one being when he sets up this lady's clothesline and, and you see that it's a steel cable. I mean, and they make it pretty fucking obvious. So it's like, um, so he sees what's going to happen and he actually acts to thwart it. Right. So he actually is able to knock down the first one. And that's that's maybe the first time where you actually see the second competitor because the second competitor is setting up his own his own version of that game. But the comment from the biker about, well, he answers his phone. He's like, that's the easiest hundred bucks I've ever made. And it's like that was another nod, I think, too, that there were other competitors. So I think that there was even more games going on that we didn't know about and that they didn't allude to more, but people that might have been maybe a little bit earlier in the game than other people were. Um, but then getting to the, when the clothesline goes up and he tries to warn them and you just get the, um, there were some scenes in there. Um, both the girl that was like, flailed her head back and forth and like ducked under the wire at the last minute but she had her hands up and she lost both of her hands and she sort of sat on the road with blood pouring out of both of her hands and then just kind of slumped over was super for me that was I, but then as he's talking on the phone and then the one guy comes up and that, that guy's cut from about I don't know about the brow line up and you can see his brain but he's like and then he just kind of not something I expected from the remake. <laughs> I thought the remake would go super soft in the gore because up until now, there really hadn't been much. Yeah, the, really the only gore much. was the the arm uh, cut. Yeah, but that could Which have was been more the, just I mean, splatter, you know. Exactly, it could have really been the movie's money shot, mm -hmm. but they kept, but they kind of kept going with it. And I think between the girl with her arms and then the guy with the head, um, they 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 sort of brought it effects wise and visual wise we brought it up to another level mm -hmm. but then the funny part there is that from there they didn't do too much more i mean they just kind of left it like that was okay that was the plateau you can have it you take it or leave it mm -hmm. um and then 
getting now that he has seen that there's a second competitor and he's on the heels of the second competitor this is where it starts getting I don't know I don't want to call it more interesting because this movie definitely had me from the get go um but definitely a place where the two movies diverge hard mm-hmm. like hard um and interestingly enough how they they basically end up i mean not in the exact same space but in a very like maybe not the same room but a different room next door is it, pretty interesting and another one of those times where we talked about where they change things and you're like oh boy they change things how's this gonna go and for me for the remake super effective yeah, I would say in the original, this is at the point where uh, Fuckett's next challenge is kind of like his point of no return in this case. And this was a part of the movie that I really struggled to watch um, as a dog owner. Uh, so after we have the clothesline decapitation in uh, 13 Beloved... Uh, we have challenge number 11, uh, which in the remake is the whole uh, banquet scene uh, where Elliot needs to destroy all of the glassware uh, in the reception area, as well as seen in the International, uh, which, of course, he backs out on. So uh, they, they, they do the alternative challenge, which is for him to piss in the flowers, which he goes through. Uh, and during like, that entire exchange, too, uh, as the cops are kind of, like, closing in. Obviously, like, they're trying to grab his attention. They're trying to uh, restrain him. And, like, the whole time, Elliot is basically just telling the cops, like, hey, look away. Uh, even though, like, obviously, like, they, they know he's about to do something horrendous uh, in this case. Uh, and, of course, you know, they have, like, that whole moment where, like, the cops are like, oh, God. As Elliot is unzipping his pants so we could piss in the flowers in this case. But in the original, it's just like, man, uh, we we have uh, a choice for the contestant uh, where he has an option here. You could either kill Ton, who is one of uh, Fuckett's co-workers. Uh, this is someone who had been given access to the game, uh, but she doesn't necessarily, like, have all the pieces. She's basically able to, like, kind of, like, uh, have access to the system sh- so she can kind of have an idea of what's going on around her. Uh, but fuck it is given the the option of you either kill your coworker in this case or you kill her dog. And this is the part that just absolutely destroys me <laughs> in the original. And th- what I the the part that gets me too is like even going in, I knew about this scene and I still was not ready for it. And it just completely gutted me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so they sort of, they sort of portray her like from the get go as somebody who's interested in him, mm-hmm. but he is he is so much, uh, he's 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 spending so much time like wallowing in his own self loathing that he doesn't even see it. Um, and which he, I mean, he, I can okay. So to that point, though, even if he he wasn't at his low point. Who's to say he's even gonna pick up any sort of clue from her? <laughs> you know, let's let's be real. <laughs> it's a well, guy. I mean, she pick us all the sides. <laughs> well, yeah, we're guys. We're morons. I mean, so I mean, yeah, 
you know, short of shaking your panties in front of our face and going, hey, you want something? Yeah, we're stupid. We, we're, we're dumb. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but the whole giving her access to the system and then her, like, trying to hack her way through and trying to trying to understand, that was that was one of the parts of that movie that I thought seemed too easy. And I don't know why I thought that, but it just seemed like... So, almost like, like, why are you even here? Like, I don't... But... I mean, and maybe that's how that version of the game worked, where they, you know, it's almost like the phone a friend thing. So she's like his phone a friend, but like it didn't make a ton of sense to me, like how she would even be involved. Because for most of the movie, they go out of their way. The original, they go out of their way to to have him isolated, to mm-hmm. be very very isolated. I mean, even even like in the very first scene when he swats a fly, he's in a he's in the stairwell and he wants a cigarette. He doesn't have one. He bums one from her. Um, but even then, he feels very very isolated, and they have a ramp up for her. But like then, her getting into the system and starting to hack things around, trying it didn't make a ton of sense to me. It, it was a little bit of a, I, I I for me it was a little bit of a misstep because it took me out of it completely. I'm like, what, like, what? Why does this matter? Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of like at that point where it's that first step of unveiling the mastermind of the game itself mm. in this case, because he's the one who's actually given her access to these files on the computer. Well, yes, but why? That's the whole thing. Why? Because it doesn't. It doesn't affect the outcome at all. She doesn't get to save him. Right. So. So what was the point? I mean, so I mean, I, I think it was more so just to like put her life uh, at risk because like she is really the only one who has shown any semblance of uh, of interest in fuck it when he really doesn't have anyone else. So you need like some sort of attachment to the character. Uh, but ultimately, it just ties directly into the challenge. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it was a situation where it's just like maybe they were like prepping her to be another contestant or if they were going to go a different direction. But yeah, it, it's not really explained all, all that well uh, for the reason behind that. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I think I see what you're saying, but I think this goes back to my earlier point about the jeopardy mm-hmm. difference between the two movies. Right. Like if fuck it loses, he's exactly where he left off. Like he's at the fucking bottom. So if he loses, so what, right? Whereas Elliot, if he loses, he may lose his fiance, his unborn child, his future family. I mean, he's already lost his job, but it, sounded, it looked like that was a pretty fucking shitty job anyway. So whatever. Um, so I think that probably is the big differentiator of the two movies for me is is the Jeopardy piece of it. Because even getting to the end uh, in the original, when she, you know, we have the james bond villain mastermind with the white cat unveiled and i was still I, honestly i was still waiting for pussy galore to come walking in she <laughs> never did i was disappointed by mm-hmm. that um but even when the whole thing is over um and i'm skipping ahead a little bit we'll come back but she's left on a bus bench she wakes up on a bus bench and then the the, the dollar store steven seagal is walking up to her like mm-hmm. but what's he doing and they, they don't they don't tell you or show you so it's like i don't even there, the Jeopardy is, like, not there. It's like, there's some Jeopardy, but not really. So, but, yeah, between these two movies, though, the 
we'll call it the middle of the third act forward, they are so different. And what you find out is so different. Um, the the father's place in the whole movie is so different. I mean, like polar opposites. Um, and, and I'll be honest, for the remake, I thought the father piece of it was more interesting than the father piece in the in the original. I I could see that. Um the the only other uh challenge that we have in the original be, before we get to the very ta- tail end of the movie is uh fucking has to basically kill a cow and uh find a key that is been lodged in its intestines. Uh whereas in the remake this is where uh the whole like decapitation uh challenge happens with the clothesline. Yeah. Uh so you know in the original we have like back to back animal kills for <laughs> Whatever reason, I, I don't know if that's just a cultural thing uh, in this case, but I I thought that was interesting. Uh, but really, you know, the twist at the end of the movie uh, is is a, a really like big part of the story for for both of these. So as we mentioned, yeah. like with the original, it lays itself very close to the chest before laying it all on on the table. You know, it's, uh, you don't quite really understand what's happening until the very end. So basically, in the original, we are killing, uh, John Adams. You know, essentially, this unknown person who's just right on the That's his father. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's fucking, that's, that's fucking's dad, but. Right. But they, they they portray it as just a a random person, which actually isn't true because it is fucking's dad. Uh, and in the remake, the final part of the challenge uh, initially isn't known until everyone is back out the house. Because at one point, you know, Elliot just chucks his cell phone out of the, the moving car as like the the game show host is telling him what the final challenge is. So we don't we, he doesn't even know what it is until he actually gets to the scene. He runs into his brother and he can tell like his brother's acting you know, really weird right now. So he's like, like what, what's the deal? So he's like trying to uh, ask him several questions about like where where he's been. And his, you know, brother's talking about like how he was on a date. You know, he went out to go see a movie. Of course, Elliot's just like, all right, well, uh, what movie did you go see? Oh, I, I, I don't know. And he's like, what? I can't I can't go out on a date like, you know, everyone else. So, you know. It's probably just like really leaning into it, but like he can tell what's going on. And the whole time, you know, the dad is just sitting there in the chair watching TV, you know, the tensions building. And, you know, we headphones on. Yeah, the dad has headphones on, so he's not hearing the conversation. Exactly. And we we get to this point where we kind of like have the uh, I'm not gonna say like this is the bigger like the biggest twist for the remake, but it was definitely an explanation of kind of like what fractured the dad initially. Uh, Cause obviously like money had changed him, but how, how we got his money, they had no idea about. They just thought he was like a wealthy businessman. In this case, that wasn't the case. The The dad was someone who had played the game prior. And, you know, throughout the movie, like obviously like we know the mom is not in the picture. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of blame put on the dad for it and come to find out that, you know, the dad completed all 13 challenges. So he did kill a family member in this case, that of course being his wife. 
And, you know, he's basically just saying, like, yeah, you know, like, she she never wore a seatbelt. <laughs> and it's just like, mm-hmm. man, yeah. it's just like, it's, it, it really is that gut punch moment. And then you also have, you know, the other gun-in moment, which uh, takes place in the form of a knife, which uh, comes into play at the very tail end. It's like, man, and it's just like one hit after the other with the remake. So they definitely doubled down uh, in regards to, like, the third act, uh, at least for the remake. Well, they did, but I also think that, for me, they made the end more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, t- because to find out that the other player is the brother, Michael, is pretty incredible. But then it also makes you go back to the big, the big uh, call it the, the wedding rehearsal dinner that they're having. <clears throat> and the brother, Michael, was being sought by the security guards because apparently he pulled out his wiener and showed it to and I, well, but I, th- I thought about it later and I'm like, is that what he did to make a child cry? <laughs> you know? So, well, and, and that's, I, th- I thought of it in terms of the movie. So I, I, and uh, there's a little piece of me that thinks that using somebody who's quote unquote mentally challenged as the other player is a little sketchy mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, it made me feel a little icky. Um, at the same time, it's like, well, everyone deserves a chance so right. why not right you just you, you kind of just roll with it but yeah then at the very end there where you know michael says he's like i don't want to play anymore i don't want to win anymore i don't really care and then they get into this like well i suppose we're skipping we're skipping the part about where the dad takes off his headphones and he's like basically saying i never thought either one of you dipshits were about what amount to anything mm-hmm. you know and he's like you know, I, the only thing I can really do is keep you from winning. And then he cuts his own throat, mm-hmm. um, which leaves both of the brothers with something of a decision to make because mom is dead. There's no other quote unquote family. Um, and then they have the, yeah, I don't really want to play anymore. But then we have the uh, Michael digging through his bag and, and Elliot pulls his pistol. And he's like, don't dig in there. Don't dig in there. And he pulls out a bottle of pills and his brother shoots him and the pills sort of go flying. And then he's trying to help his brother and he's like, but I just want to win this one time. I just want to win. And then he stabs Elliot and keeps stabbing him. Mm -hmm. Like, and like literally is like, come back here and just keeps, I mean, and that was, that was something of a, of a wild moment for me. Just like watching the, uh, like this guy has got something in his head He's just going to do it and he's going to see it through. And he just like, he stabs him in the foot and then he stabs him in the leg. <laughs> he just kind of keeps going up. Um, but then he eventually, you know, as Elliot kind of slides away, um, you know, because, because Michael dies, he becomes the loser. But because Elliot couldn't kill him, he basically gets disqualified. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep. I, I, to be perfectly honest, it, it, it feels like almost one of the most pure and dynamic family elements ever where, especially with a sibling, when you have a, any kind of a competition with a sibling, in the end, nobody wins. It just felt, I don't know, I just loved it. I just loved how that was like, okay, nobody gets anything. And I don't know, for some reason, it made me very happy. And I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why. 
And I also love, too, like, during that whole ordeal, um, you know, as the brothers are talking, Elliot's basically, like, trying to... I'm not gonna say, like, shove his brother aside, but he, he doesn't want to place the burden of being the one to pull the trigger on the dad. Uh, so, you know, he's trying to, like, make him leave the room so he could actually, like, shoot the dad to, quote, win yep. the game. Uh, in this case, and I thought that too was a nice touch. But you know, when when his brothers reached into the bag, obviously, like you you have that thought process of you know, obviously you're you're both playing. You know what the final challenge is. Uh, one of those options was completely taken off the table by the dad. Um, so yep. that just leaves one other choice. So obviously, like Elliot feels like his life is in danger at this point because his brother is shuffling around, potentially looking for a weapon. Uh, which was not the case, as you would mention, because he's you know just grabbing his pills. Um, but but I think like with the remake, it was just one of those scenes where the the ending I felt while I enjoyed it, I think they just threw too much at it. It just felt like okay, we're we're we don't have like that one pivotal moment where I'm just like. Well, that happened, and then I'm just left shell shocked. It's just like it's just one hit after the other, and then when you do that, and you're just piling on, I just don't see as much impact as as much as I did enjoy, you know, how we got here. It was just one of those things where it's like, okay, we're uh, we're not gonna have a winner of this game. Uh, so obviously, there's still a ton of money out there for these other contestants to win. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting that the brother, too, was also in on it. And obviously, you know, the dad, former game winner, uh, also interesting just to completely keep it in the family, uh, which we like who, who like that. That was true for the original, uh, <laughs> which was yep. uh, which was interesting how, how they had set that up. Uh, so with fuck it, you know, he is confronted by uh john adams who's basically just laying there kind of like strapped to this wheelchair uh he is in a straight jacket and uh not really moving so uh he believes to just be a sitting duck at this point in time uh and you know to win the grand prize he has to stab adams with a butcher knife uh but you know fuck it isn't able to do this and this is when Adams springs the life, right? <laughs> and uh, stabs fuck it to death. And you just have that moment where you just see the the, the big screens in the background and you see winner or like popping up yeah. John Adams. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit. It's just like you have that moment where they're like, uh, gotcha. And I, I just I love seeing that. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the whole like Bond villain thing, it just cracked me up because it's just like. I don't even know how old this kid is. You know, he can't be more. He, he's not a teenager. Doesn't look like so. Just to he, see him, he might be twelve or thirteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the young mastermind. Just... So it's like, I want to know, like, what is this kid's story, right? Like, cause you know, we just we just see him petting his white cat. You're like, well, we know this is the bad guy, obviously, because they're doing the whole Bond villain thing at this point. But I, I just want to know, like, where does this character progress? Like, are they going to... Obviously, they're going to do more games beyond this, but how is the game itself going to evolve? Are we going to get to the point where it feels like we do have eight-plus people playing at the same time, kind of like what we got in the remake? Which, you know, we don't really know how many people are actively playing, but we know, like, there were at least, at minimum, four players 
uh, in this case, whereas in the original, it was just fuck it and, uh, you know, his, his well, dad in this case. Well, but at the end of the original, though, the Bond villain kid shows you all these screens mm -hmm. and they show you pictures of what I'm interpreting. OK, well, time out here. So between the endings of the original and the remake. I thought the endings were very straightforward. Mm -hmm. So I watched the remake with my wife tonight and both she and I came to very different conclusions on the end. So it is not as straightforward as I think it is. But so and then I showed her the end of the original and she's like, well, it, this, this, this. And I was like, what? So I, so it open to interpretation, obviously. But what I saw in the original was him having a screen just full of players. Mm -hmm. I saw probably an, an additional 50 players. And I don't know if those were current players, upcoming players, people they had selected for candidacy for being a player. Um, but with the end of the remake, um, when he... The interesting part is that, to me, the the player who lost, effectively, or was disqualified, we'll say, had an opportunity to strike out at the game, and that was shooting the cop, shooting Ron Perlman, mm -hmm. or as my... As my wife calls him, the silverback gorilla. Um, so, but then we get to the very end where he's on, he's at the phone booth and he calls his fiance or his wife to be, and he's talking to her. So, my interpretation of that is that he kind of curled up on that bench and died. So, my wife's interpretation is that was everything was wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow and he's going to be fine and it's happily ever after. Mm -hmm. So, I think it really depends on where you're coming from, because even even in the original, it's like, well, you know, this guy is stepping away. But I mean, even even the original felt. As much as I wanted fuck it to win. And he didn't, you know, they, they get to the end of that movie and his sort of lady interest, like I said, wakes up on a bus bench and she has the the Steven Seagal esque guy walking up to her. And it's like, what is he walking up to her for? Is he walking up to her to pay her off to be silent? Is he walking up to her to hand her a cell phone and go, guess what? When the phone rings, answer it because you're the next contestant. I don't know. So it, both both movies end in a sort of uh, ambivalent way right. where you really don't know what the next step is going to happen. So it, for me, it's kind of nice that they both kept that. They did it in very different ways, but they both sort of kept that. So it's like, what's next? And I don't know. You know, so. Yeah, I also yeah. I, I'd like to touch in the remake, too, at the at the tail end that, uh, you know, during like this phone call that Ellie just having with his fiance, uh, she mentions like how she just received another phone call. Uh, yes. And, you know, they were setting her up to be the next contestant of the game and she's just hung up on them. <laughs> yeah, like, like for six thousand dollars, you told me to eat a fly. And he's like, what do you say? She's like, for six thousand dollars. I said, fuck that. And she <laughs> literally folds a flap in a paper towel and puts it in the garbage. And that's, I think that's something that the remake did that the original didn't do is it gave you some finality mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, no, not everyone's going to fall for this. Not everyone's going to be conned into it. Um, so again, another thing that I really kind of liked, mm. you know? Um, so now that we know the end, uh, 
I mean, where do we land? I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised how I feel about these two movies. I'm surprised. So, you go ahead, and then I will gather my thoughts and. Yeah, I, I think with, with this, this is definitely a case of whether you've seen the original or not. You will have you more than likely. You'll have a very good time with either version of these movies. Just it's a very different approach. You know, the the original is more bite size in regards to uh, the story. But the, the like we didn't even really talk about like the whole eat shit part of the movie in in the original, which I think for a lot of people would probably be like the point of like there ain't no way in hell I'm doing that. Uh, because just the way that it's presented is uh, pretty interesting because, you know, you have like the whole unveiling of the plane under the dome, which is such yes. a great touch. And like the whole time, um, you know, you're, you're like you're looking at it and it's very fucking obvious what it actually is. But, you know, you do have a little yep. bit of like decoration on the plate, too, which was like such a nice touch on top of that. You know, like it's like putting like lipstick on a pig, right? Like it's like, yeah, you can dial up this plate, but it's still a plate of human shit. Uh, and for it to be only challenge five, you know, kind of an odd placement for that one. You would think it would be a little bit higher up. Uh, in in regards to that, well, I think I think that's a dichotomy thing, though, and I think that for people of let's just call it lesser means, mm -hmm. I think it would be very obvious. I think there gets to be a point in life where you're rich enough that if somebody brought you out a plate of human turds and it had enough parsley on it, you might not know what it is and you might just eat it because mm -hmm. it seems fancy. So I think that was with the dome and everything and the silver platter. I think that was the point where. <laughs> Maybe you know, maybe you don't. I mean, because face it, like if I if I went to a restaurant and I had a five hundred dollar meal and just said, "Bring me whatever," I might not know what it is, you know. <laughs> and but I might not. I just might not. But like I'm at, at, on my basic human level, if someone pulled up a dome and there was three turds on a plate, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, no, yeah. Can I talk to the chef, please? Because. Um, <laughs> Then we got some problems. Yeah, there, you're but. like uh, you're asking about that, and then it's that moment of. Uh... Well, you go ahead and enjoy it, and then I'll tell you later. <laughs> and you're just sitting there well, like, "Well, yeah. that's not gonna help." <laughs> well, exactly. But we and we and we've talked before about the you know the affected people of the world and how the 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 perception of things changes. Mm -hmm. And I think I think what you said is exactly perfect. Where they had it, they had it decorated, and it was under a silver dome, and it's like. Well, it's got to be good, right? Mm -hmm. And I think to somebody who has a gazillion fucking dollars, it might just be, "Ooh, this looks so divine." And for the rest of us, it's like that's poop. Yeah, it's, I don't want to hey, it, it, In some places, it might be a delicacy. You don't know. <laughs> you know, there's places where eating monkey brains is a good thing. Right? There's places where eating your pet dog is a good thing. It's mm -hmm. just not for me per, per se. So yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at the end of the day. Both versions, um, I, I would say with the remake, the end of the movie is probably going to be the point which is either going to make or break it for people. Um, but I, I think both endings are really effective. You know, I just, I yeah. just prefer the more of the sudden jolt of the original in regards to the ending. But both of these movies are are definite standouts. The original surprised the hell out of me because I was not expecting 
what we got out of that. Uh, but also just a literal gut punch with with the dog scene. Uh, so I will forewarn people about that when it's be mentioned. Uh, so, you know, when you see Ton on, on, on the road after the, the clothesline decapitation, uh, for you dog owners, that might be the point where uh, yeah, you'll want to just turn your head minute. or, you know, fast yeah, forward yeah. a couple of minutes. Yeah, that one's that one's definitely hard. So for Twisted Tuesday, I will admit that there are times where I show up and I'm like, what am I going to get? And I'm just like, dude, really? Um, this was one of those times where I was fucking flabbergasted. I was mm -hmm. flabbergasted at how good this movie was. I had never seen it before, so it was completely new to me. Um, I was engaged the whole time. I wanted to comment the whole time and only if Kick's text feature would have worked better. I could have engaged the whole time. <laughs> Those damn app um, updates, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, so um the the OG um the uh, you know the game of death is goddamn near a masterpiece as far as filmmaking goes. It really is. It's damn near a masterpiece. Now I will say I assumed the original was going to suck. And I went into it with that thinking that it was going to be fucking terrible. And the first maybe seven or eight minutes, I was like, God, I was so right. And then it took off. And and for me, in the end, the thing that really sold it was the Jeopardy piece of it, because I really felt like this guy had something to lose. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I don't want to say whether one was better than the other because I don't think that. I think that they were both spectacular for their own separate reasons. Um, I do like the fact that the original kept the secret till the very fucking end, like the very fucking end. Um, but with the remake, I do love the fact that it got me invested in the character and what he was facing losing early on. That got me invested. So I wanted to see what was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to your point, I, I, both of them are a wild ride. They're as much as one is a remake of the other. They're both very different movies. Um, the tones are different. The characters are different. The dynamics are different. Um, one is very much, I mean, kind of what I would expect, you know, from like a sort of an Asian horror thriller where it's super fast paced. You really got to fucking pay attention or you're going to miss some shit. Um, and then, like you said, to the American remake, yeah, th there's some spots where they they cut a couple of corners. I'll admit that. I I forgive it. it clearly, you don't. That's totally cool. Um, but, yeah, both great, fun movies. Um, two that... It, it, we're having another one of those things where it's like we're, we have a, a, the a original and the remake, and it's like they're both good. So maybe that's all that matters is that they're both good, you know, so yep. it, there's not a lot of there's not one column on the sheet that I could say this is where one falls flat and fails completely because it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, despite my my gripe with just the challenges laid out with the remake in regards to bite size horror, 92 minutes, you know, at, at no point in, in either of these movies did I once look at my phone. You know, I was engaged the entire way with yep. both of them, which is a rarity, especially with the remakes. Uh, yeah, so okay. I, I was really happy with that. Um, but again, like like for me personally, I just I wanted to know more about the game itself. And we didn't really get that with the remake as much as we did with the original. But there's 
both of them left room for them to expand on it further, and uh, I don't think there was a, a sequel to to either versions, which is unfortunate. No. But uh, yeah, it, it was nice to actually just to to look at something, and be like, wait, there's another version of this movie, and then to like find out, like, holy shit, like where has this been? So whenever we're able to like uncover like some nugget, really, <laughs> like this is well, just that's... like man, like this is what we're talking about because it's not every day like we we kind of find like those hidden gems out there that no one is really talking about. So for us to just kind of like stumble across it and for it to be like Thai horror at that, it's just like that was another thing. It's like you know we were talking a little bit last week about like what other films from Thailand we've seen and like I couldn't really name anything other than like Shudder. Uh, I mentioned one earlier today, which I completely forgot was from Thailand, which was uh, Sick Nurses, uh, which is another mm, uh, yep. fun one for a number of reasons. One is super obvious, <laughs> uh, but it's 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 one of those things. I'll just read the synopsis uh, or the short. What, where is it? Uh, let's see. It's more it's it's a slasher and it's more supernatural. Uh Here's here's the 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 one sentence synopsis on IMDb. A group of sexy nurses, of course, uh, who harvest organs are haunted by the vengeful spirit of one of their dead patients. <laughs> and uh, great movie. Well, I'm yeah, I'm I'm in right there. <laughs> that's yeah. all, that's all, so. that's that's all I need to know. Uh, the end. That's that's a movie. Uh, but yeah, so so good to not only find a hidden gem, but also from a country that doesn't necessarily have a ton of representation in regards to the genre as well. Uh, so it was just, you know, a great find. I'm glad we got to watch it, you know, rewatching the remake for the first time since it came out in theaters, you know, to to enjoy it as much as I did, regardless of, you know, the, the whole couple of challenge skips kind of like sprinkled in there. I I was really impressed, and it, it's like every single week throughout uh, this month that we've had. It's just like I haven't really had that moment where I'm like, man, why why are we doing this? Which, when it comes to U.S. remakes, is such a rarity. Oh sure, it's it's hit hit is hit misses hell, and I I I've, I definitely found myself because my my wife and I were talking earlier and she's like so what are you guys talking about tonight and I'm like this movie and this movie and she's like so like how'd the remake do and I'm like you know I haven't watched it yet this was really today and I'm gonna watch it do you want to come watch it and she's like <laughs> and so she's like well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna you know gather up some dinner and she's like I'll I'll break it down when you're ready and I'm like. My first thought was, please don't bring dinner down in the middle of the remake's poop scene. <laughs> and turns out the remake didn't have that. So it turned it, it, it worked out. But so like my wife is not what you call a horror fan. She's just she's just not. That's her thing. And she walked away from this going and she said she's like, that was really pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is someone who's not a horror fan. And she enjoyed the characters. She enjoyed the dynamics. Um she she understood that there was a little bit of spoon feeding of the story, but we're Americans and we're stupid, so that's okay. Um, she she gets that. She she and I talk about film frequently, and that's one of the things where we're always like, when you go from a foreign film to an American film, there's always that little bit of, you know, that spoonful of medicine to help, or the spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down, right? And that's and that's just what we do. Um, but there's a piece of me that thinks that like if if my wife watched it, and there was definitely some moments where she went. 
And she turned her head a little bit, especially like the the clothesline. She was like, "Oh my, that was a little much." Um, but I, I don't know. It, it, both of the movies made me think, and and they made me think about different things. Um, and the original movie made me think about like destitution and like how you try to redeem yourself. And the remake made me think more about how hard you would fight to stay where you are. Um, so theme wise, kind of the same movie tone wise, a little bit different. And then topic wise, different things. Um, but we've talked before about how you make a remake and you, and you, and you change things and you still come up with a great movie. And I, yeah, I, I'm still waiting for that moment where we have a movie and a remake that we review and it's like, and the remake sucked because we haven't gotten there yet. We honestly haven't, which is really surprising. We haven't gotten to the remake sucked. I mean, and we probably won't. <laughs> well, I, well, we're movie nerds, so you're probably right. And we probably should have planned this better. So we at least had one like fucking gong that we could just go at the end and just go that. And that one sucked. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we both like talking about good movies. So it kind of makes sense, but I, I, that's okay. I mean, I'm going to, I, both these movies were new to me and for me to walk away from watching two new movies and having a healthy respect for both of them is pretty awesome. Cause that, that doesn't, that doesn't happen frequently. You know, there's, I watch so much horror and let's be honest about horror. A lot of it is not good. Yep. It just, it just isn't. Um, but when you get like, and I think you said it perfectly, uh, uh, both of these movies are basically gems. They're hidden gems because I had never heard of either one of these. And they both have so many positive things about them that make them great movies that they're they're very easily watchable. You're not going to want to pick up your phone. You're just going to want to stay engaged. And despite, uh, you know, the OG being longer um, and. But I think the OG also focuses more on the subtle details of the tasks mm -hmm. where the remake is just like, you know, and task completed, but there's so much story in the remake that I can forgive that. It doesn't bother me at all. So yeah, I, I, I know the couple of bangers, man. I mean, I, I, I thought we, I, I thought we'd hit a dead end eventually, but apparently not. Yeah. And you know, here I was thinking like, well, I know I haven't seen one of these, so let's do a little little switch because I, I for sure thought we would definitely have a lot more to talk about uh, with the other duo that we're doing, uh, which we were initially going to do for this week, but then to push it back to the final week uh, just to be safe because, you know, when it comes to uh, traveling into, like, the unknown, you know, obviously you don't know what to expect, but sure enough, uh, two certified baners with 13 beloved aka 13 game of death as well as 13 sins and i'm excited for how we're wrapping uh our foreign original versus american remake because uh, we have uh some south korean horror in uh, a tale of two sisters uh which man it's been a while since i've seen this uh oh, so thanks. i'm i'm excited to go back and watch it uh i will preface this this is going to be another two hour roughly two hours uh, for the original, uh, which came out in 2003, and then it was uh, remade uh, remade later, 
uh, as The Uninvited, and that came out in 2009 in the U.S., uh, which I... I'm pretty sure I've seen The Uninvited. I can't remember too much about it. I, I primarily oh. remember Elizabeth Banks is in it. <laughs> I love The Uninvited. So I, I, I've i seen The Tale of Two Sisters. I've seen The Uninvited uh, probably a half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I, I'm curious to get them back to back and then see the, see the differences. Because uh, The Uninvited... Uh, it played on a lot of things that my life knows. Mm-hmm. So it it, it it was a hard-hitting, pretty impactful movie to me. Um, I'm curious to see what Tale of Two Sisters could do, because I've seen it, but I don't remember it all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just that's just a volume thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be good. So have you decided which one we're going to do for Tuesday? Um... I haven't seen The Uninvited since it came out, so I was leaning more towards that. Plus, it's a shorter movie, which is worth noting, too. Uh, the Uninvited is 87 minutes. Okay, yeah. Well, the Twitch of Tuesday crew, I think we talked about it. They've got a short attention span, so that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it should be a good time, and it uh, looks like Tale of Two Sisters is 114 minutes. Well, it's going to give us a lot of... A lot of depth, a lot of ambiance, and a lot of, I'm guessing, probably sliding doors and silk curtains. So, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. And uh, so next week, we'll wrap up our foreign original versus American remake. So should be a good time with that one. And uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of uh, just the Asian horror scene as as a whole. So anytime we get to do South Korean stuff, I'm always a fan of uh, just because... Just the way that they do things is uh, pretty pretty interesting mm-hmm. in comparison uh, for a multitude of reasons, especially if we're talking about, like, their uh, revenge stories in particular. Oh, Definitely yes. can get uh, pretty grisly uh, in that case. But for now, guys, that will do it for us here tonight on Hand of a Scare. Don't forget, join us on Tuesday for The Uninvited on Kick at kick.com forward slash from drunk at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, should be a good time, and uh, we'll see whether or not Jess is going to add another tally to the board uh, when it comes to, God, who's the other actress in that movie? It's been so fucking long. I think it's Emily Browning in The Emily Uninvited. Browning. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> so I'm just going to preemptively say she's probably going to add that tally to the board, but you know what? It just goes with the territory. I can't help that like 90% of the actresses in horror movies are a brunette, okay? So... As much hey, as she's going to say otherwise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, whatever works. And it, to be honest, the first person that sends me a severed hand in the mail is going to get a handle with scared keychain. <laughs> Prop or otherwise. <laughs> oh, no. Otherwise. Totally uh, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, just make sure it's in a uh, heart-shaped box. Then... then it- then you can mix up multiple movies. But uh, until uh, then, guys, you enjoy your weeks. And we'll see you on Tuesday for Twisted Tuesday. You guys take care. <laughs>